This morning, uh, we are back in the book of 1 Samuel. And we're going to talk about true friendship today. True friendship. True friendship. So I'm going to ask you if you will take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 19. We'll be in chapter 19. If you didn't bring a Bible, there's Bibles in the pew. And as always, I'll have all the scripture up on the screen as we go along this morning. Now, a quick review of where we are in the book of Samuel. David and Jonathan have become best friends. But Jonathan's father, the king, Saul, really starts to hate David. Why? Because David's all that. And uh, he's successful in everything he does, and people love him and everything. And Saul feels threatened by David, as he should. And uh, he tries to figure out how to have David killed. He tried a few things, and that didn't work, but now he has a more direct plan, a killer idea, if you will. Little plan words there. So we're going to look at verses 1 through 3 first here, and it says this, Saul now urged his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. But Jonathan, because of his close friendship with David, told him what his father was planning. Tomorrow morning, he warned him, you must find a hiding place out in the fields. I'll ask my father to go out there with me, and I'll talk to him about you, and then I'll tell you everything that I can find out. You know, it's, it's so interesting that there seem to be inconsistencies coming from Saul, don't there? Even though David proved to be a wise, brave, and very successful uh, servant of Saul, Saul tells his other servants to kill David. Back in verse, uh, back in chapter 18, he told his servants to tell David that he was pleased with him. Now he wants him to kill him. Jonathan is one of the individuals that Saul gives this order to. But remember Jonathan's relationship with David back in uh, chapter 18, it says there was an immediate bond of love and friendship between them, and they became the best of friends. From that day on, Saul kept David with him at the palace and wouldn't let him return home, and Jonathan made a special vow to be David's friend. So they were besties, okay? They were close. And Jonathan, he'll, he's going to do anything he can to save the life of his best friend after hearing his father say, you know, we need to assassinate David. So, so Jonathan warns David, and he tells him to hide, and he says, you go hide, and, and I'll, I'll talk to my dad, okay? So the two of them have a father-son talk, don't they? We're going to look at starting in verse 4, okay? And this is what it says. The next morning, Jonathan spoke with his father about David, saying many good things about him. Please don't sin against David, Jonathan pleaded. He's never done anything to harm you. He has always helped you in any way he could. Have you forgotten about the time he risked his life to kill the Philistine giant and how the Lord brought a great victory to Israel as a result? You were certainly happy about it then. Why should you murder an innocent man like David there's no reason for it at all. So Saul listened to Jonathan and vowed, As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. Afterward, Jonathan called David and told him what had happened. Then he took David to see Saul, and everything was 
as it had been before. So Jonathan uh, tries to convince Saul to change his mind, and he reminds him of all the awesome things that, that David has done for him. And he's never harmed you. He's always helped you any way he could. He's always been faithful to you. Don't forget uh, how he risked his life against Goliath and how he brought you this great victory. Why would you murder him? He's, he's innocent. Why would you murder him? So what does Saul say? He says, as surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. A promise is a promise, right? We'll see. Jonathan is a true friend of David, isn't he? Friendship is a valuable thing, and that's what I want to spend the rest of our time talking about this morning is friendship. It's a valuable thing. Thomas Aquinas said this, there is nothing on this earth more to be prized than true friendship. Ulysses S. Grant said this, the friend in my adversity I shall always cherish most. I can better trust those who helped to relieve the gloom of my dark hours than those who are so ready to enjoy with me the sunshine of my prosperity. In other words, when things get tough, your real friends stay around, right? I like this one. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this. He said, it is one of the blessings of old friends that you can afford to be stupid with them. <laughs> makes, makes sense, doesn't it? And Oscar Wilde said, true friends stab you in the front. But what does it say in the Bible about friendship? And in the book of Proverbs, we read this. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Now, Jesus taught us what, tr what a true friend is. And we all desire to have a true friend, don't we? Oh, we all want that, that close friend, that bestie, that best friend or whatever. I want to read for you a passage uh, from the book of John. These are Jesus' words, and he says this, Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. Now, there's some things I want to point out, and a lot of them from this passage uh, this morning, that are what make a true friend. And how we will see through all this that Jesus perfectly fits the bill of our truest friend. So if you're taking notes, I believe you want to flip your sheet over and fill in the blanks as we go along. And this is uh, some things I want to say here. A true friend, a true friend makes sacrifices. Look what Jesus said again in verse 13. He said, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And, you know, Jesus says this, and uh, I think this needs to be taken figuratively as well as literally. Uh, laying down our life for our friends means that we are making sacrifices for them. You see, a, fruit, a true friend will, will sacrifice their time, their desires, and their resources to help a friend. They're willing to be there for their friend when it's inconvenient. We need to realize that true friendship is a concern for others, so the relationship we have with someone 
is for their good. It's not for our good. Do you, real, do you realize what I just said? I'll say it again. You need to realize that true friendship is a concern for others, so the relationship we have with someone is for their good. It's not for our good. True friendship is about them. True friendship is about sacrifice. How many times have we heard people say, oh, I don't have any friends or I wish I had some friends? Well, maybe they're not being a friend. And it's just a mirror reflection of how they're, how, what kind of a friend they are being. As I said, a friend sacrifices their time, their desires, and their resources. Do you ever hang out with a friend who always does what they want to do? You sacrifice your desires for a friend. Or it's only when things are convenient for them. No. True friend, true, <clears throat> true friendship is putting our friends' needs and cares above our own. True friendship wants nothing for itself. It goes along with the old adage that we've heard. It's better to give than to receive. Right. Friendship's the same way. It's better to give of yourself to others than to expect others to give for you. We'll never know true friendship until we learn to put others' needs above our own. Here's the good news. Those of you who say, oh, I don't have a true friend. The good news is we all have a true friend, and that's Jesus. Jesus is our true friend. He made the ultimate sacrifice for us, did he not? He laid down his life for his friends. He became a servant to others. And in the end, he laid down his life on the cross so that we would live. We are spiritually alive because Jesus died for us. Here's the second thought this morning. A true friend is loyal. A true friend is someone who will fight to protect your reputation. True friends not only will help, I'm oh, sorry, let me start that again. Two friends, true friends will not, okay, try number three. True friends not only will never stab you in the back, they will guard your back as well. When someone is destroying your reputation, a true friend will not put up with it. A true friend will protect your reputation. A true friend who is loyal will also overlook your idiosyncrasies. Gosh, I'm having a hard time this morning. And focus on your good traits rather than your bad ones. We all have bad traits, right? Right. We're all sinners. We all make mistakes. We are all stupid at times. And a true friend will always stand with their friends. Sometimes a friend will be stupid with you. That's a good friend. When others badmouth them, a true friend will stand to defend them and not sit idly by and watch as their reputation is slaughtered. This begs me to ask the question, are, are we true friends of Jesus? Are we loyal to him? 
Remember in verse 14, it said this, You are my friends if you obey me. If we are a true friend of Jesus, then we have accepted him and his commands, have we not? We have connected ourselves with him and have surrendered to his wisdom and his guidance. We have denounced being a friend to the world and have chosen to be Jesus' friend instead. James 4.4 says this. It says, you adulterers. Don't you like when a verse starts that way? You adulterers. Don't you realize that friendship with this world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, that if your aim is to enjoy this world, you can't be a friend of God. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? If we want to live in sin, we are a friend to the world, and we can't be a friend to the world and be a friend to God. You see, he calls them adulterers because what is someone who is adulterous? Someone who's unfaithful and has given their heart someplace else. James says, your heart can't go anyplace else but to Jesus. See, we'll, we will either be devoted, a devoted friend to Jesus or a devoted friend to the flesh. It doesn't work any other way. Now realize this. It doesn't mean that we'll never sin, but that we will be a true friend to Jesus when we, when we do what he commands and live according to his will. We will be loyal. We will protect his reputation. Do you stand for Jesus when other people badmouth him? Gosh, that drives me nuts when I hear people say things about God that are just, well, wrong and are terrible. I, I don't stand for that. You can't. When we do what he commands a live in, and live according to his will, we will see God do awesome things. And that is a measure of our loyalty and our friendship. To Christ. Look what it says in James chapter 2. He uses the example of Abraham and he says, Abraham believed God. And so God declared him to be righteous. And he was even called the friend of God. I want to be called a friend of God for sure. A true friend is loyal. Here's another thought a true friend helps you when you're down. A true friend helps you when you're down. Maybe I should add a picture of Eeyore up there for a friend who's down. I saw, uh, I saw a cartoon this week that asked, Eeyore, why are you sad all the time? And he said, because I've got a nail sticking in my backside. Like a lead balloon. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it was funny, but okay. <laughs> Moving on, we'll just skip that part. <clears throat> In the book of Ecclesiastes, it says this, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. Being down is a hard place to be, isn't it? We've all been there, whether you're down physically with an ailment, mentally having uh, a lot on your mind and stress, or even emotionally down where you're just <sighs> depressed. But the one thing you're going to find is this. These are the situations where you will see your true friends. A true friend helps you when you're down. These are the moments when those who love and care for us stand out. Look at the situation with, uh, with Jonathan and David. Saul wanted David killed, right? But Jonathan sided with David rather than his own 
father. That was kind of a pretty, pretty big deal. Jonathan was helping David in his time of trouble. He was helping him up. Here's a question. Do we help our friends up when they're down or do we just watch? Do we have this thing of, oh, I don't want to deal with them. I'll just, I'll come back around when they're doing better. Do we make ourselves available to our friends, especially when they're having hard times? Are we approachable by our friends? Do you understand what I mean by that? When you are approachable, it means that you carry yourself in a manner and you say things and you share things so that a person feels that they can come to you when they're having a difficult time. Are you approachable? Are you welcoming? I read this story this week. I thought this was very interesting. During his days as president, President Thomas Jefferson and a group of companions were traveling across the country on horseback. They came to a river which had left its banks because there was a, a recent downpour and the swollen river had washed away the bridge that they were going to cross. And each rider was forced to go across the river on horseback, fighting for his life against the rapid currents. The very real possibility of death threatened each rider, which caused a traveler who was not part of their group, who was behind them, to step aside and to watch them cross. After several had plunged in and made it to the other side, the stranger asked President Jefferson if he would ferry him across the river. And the president said, absolutely, without hesitation. And the man climbed on his horse with him, and shortly thereafter, the two of them made it safely to the other side. And as the stranger slid off the back of the saddle onto dry ground, one of the group asked him, tell me, why did you select the President of the United States to ask this favor of? And the man was shocked. And he admitted he had no idea it was the President who had helped him. All I know, he said, is that on some of your faces was written the answer, no. And on some of them was the answer, yes. He was a yes face. Friends, a true friend always has a yes face. A true friend helps you when you're down. A true friend is someone who provides emotional or physical warmth in a cold, cruel world. Jesus is a true friend who helps us when we're down. Look at what Jesus told his disciples, and Jesus is explaining to them of what's coming, you know, that he's going to the cross and he's going to die and all these things. And this is what Jesus says. He says, but the time is coming, in fact, it is already here, when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Friends, when we face difficulties, Jesus is always there. He is always with us, always with us. In Isaiah 41, God says this, Do not, Don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. 
I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Every challenge is easier when we walk through it with a friend. Jesus makes everything easier. Remember Jesus' words we looked at the, this passage recently. Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke fits perfectly and the burden I give you is light. A true friend will make us stronger. A true friend will make us better. Especially when we're down. And one of my favorite verses on this, Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait on the Lord, in other words, those who put their trust in the Lord, will find new strength. They will fly high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not be faint. And I read that, and I'm like, yes, I can do it. Why? Because God is with me, and that is where I put my trust. A good friend helps us. A true friend helps us when we're down. And this is the last thought this morning. A true friend is personal. A true friend knows everything about us. A true friend is someone who sees all of our warts and loves us anyhow. It's someone who we can be stupid with. Someone who we can be silly with. Someone who we can be goofy with. When I was in my first church, the, the pastor, the senior pastor, and I were truly good friends. And we would always laugh and talk about the fact that if there was ever a hidden microphone in his office while we were meeting and talking, that they would probably lock us both up. But true friends you can be silly with. True friends you can be stupid with. A true friend is willing to share personal things with us and willing to hold personal things in confidence. A true friend is someone you can bear your heart to. We can always be transparent with a true friend and they can be transparent with us. We laugh with them. We cry with them. We love them. It's personal. A true friend is personal. And Jesus is personal. Sometimes we don't think of it that way. We think of God, we think of Jesus as far off somewhere. No, Jesus is personal. Go back to that passage in John. Jesus says this in verse 15. He says this. He says, I, I no longer call you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. Jesus is saying that we're more than servants. We're really not servants. If we were just servants, we'd have no insight into his heart and who he was. But because Jesus is our, friends, he, our friend, he shares his heart with us. He shares his infinite wisdom with us. We understand who Jesus is. We understand how much he loves us. This is true intimacy, friends. It is a personal 
relationship. Jesus wants us to know him. He wasn't just teaching when he was on this earth. He wasn't just commanding. He was sharing. He was transparent. Jesus had 12 close friends that he shared everything with. He shared intimacy with those guys. He laughed with them. He cried with them. He loved them. A master doesn't have to love his servants, but Jesus loves us because we are much more than that. We are his friends. And Jesus is a true friend. In fact, Jesus is our truest friend. Amen? Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you that our Savior is our true friend, truest friend. I pray that through this and, and through other things, Lord, that you would teach us what it means to be a true friend to others. Teach us to love others for your glory, that we would see you working in our lives and in their lives too. In friendship with you, Lord, we leave this place today honoring you with all that we are. May we measure up to be a true friend of you. May we share your good news with others. May we share with others what it means to have an amazing and true friend like Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day.